Hello, I'm Aidan Gallagher. I'm Peter Reeves. Welcome to API, our integration podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to set the world to rights on various topics in the world of enterprise integration, and it scratches our collective itches as engineers who just want to uh, rant about enterprise IT over a cup of coffee. Or tea. Hola, Peter. Hello, Aidan. <laughs> Hello, Peter. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I've had, I've had an incredible week. How incredible is it? I was just trying to be peppy. It's been it's been it's been okay so oh. far. I was worried for a minute there that you'd you'd had a good week and that, that you'd enjoyed yourself a bit too much. Yeah, what have you been up to this week? I've been playing with Helm on OpenShift and I haven't played with Helm for a very long time and so I've been having to kind of get back into the swing of things and remember how everything fits together and I've had to read through notes that I left myself that I never really wrote up properly. And it's been quite clunky. So that's what I've been doing. Good. How about you? Um, what have I been doing? Uh, a little bit of a lot of things, um, but not a lot of anything. Such is life. Oh, yeah, such is life. So uh, what are we going to talk about today, Peter? Um, we're going to talk about motivation. In particular, motivation sort of like on a, on a project, on a big project. Yeah, because we talked about teamwork last time. And now we're talking about... We talked about teamwork last time. So think about like a team being put on a new project and kind of like how they work together, how, how like and discussed things like vision and leadership. Now we're going to talk about maybe a slight continuity of those of that threads. Yeah. How would you... Yeah, that theme. How would you kind of motivate said team? So my first question is, the Olympics being on recently, did you see uh, any of the karate or anything where trainers were like... Uh... <laughs> shake up the olympians oh i'm kind of like slap them yeah, in the face I, and I everything know. to get them up oh yeah I, I did see i did see a couple of clips like that i thought yeah that'll that'll get them going would you would you like it if um if if we weren't working remotely if you went on site and your and your project manager pulled you to one side and kind of give you big give, shook you get that container running yeah we're gonna do it today we're gonna get that container up and running Woo! have you have you seen those um american corporate sing-song things they do on YouTube, like uh, if you if you search for like the Walmart song or something, do you know what? that's become unfashionable? But I say get it back. Yeah, well, I mean, football teams and stuff have chants to like get them going. Why, why couldn't you do a chant? Oh, the IT chant. That's what I'm saying. I, we'll think of some, and we can dedicate our next podcast to uh, IT chants. Right. So we've joined a project. You go. You go in for a, a, a kickoff meeting. How do you get your team motivated, Peter? How how do you kick off the the project to get the team wanting to deliver this huge project that's going to take you know six months to deliver? Okay, so I would probably go back to the sort of general kind of what motivates humans, and I would say that it's things that I know have kind of worked, kind of giving people ownership of their own kind of role and their own work. So rather than i don't know you, you don't want to be micromanaged you want to aiden you want someone to say to you on day one say aiden the whole of this little component that's going to be your responsibility you can obviously you've got to follow a design but the implementation is down to you and so we're going to give you the ownership and the autonomy to do what you think is right and it's going to be your thing and hopefully you'll feel responsible for it and hopefully you'll feel proud of it they probably wouldn't say this exact thing and then you'd be really happy and you would write some great thing and then you'd probably also write a load of squirrely scripts that deploy it that no one will ever be able to use or something like that. <laughs> but that's probably where I would start. Um, 
in terms of things which I think motivate people, I think yeah, giving them giving them the ownership so that within reason they're fairly in charge of their own their own destiny, but in charge of their own work. And I would say give them space. It means they've got the opportunity to kind of grow into the role and and know build skills in that area. So I've always enjoyed it when I've I've sort of seen a list of tasks and and I I wasn't just given tasks because it, I know there's tasks that I can do quickly and easily. But then if everyone did what they could do quickly and easily, they you know you wouldn't learn, you wouldn't expand, you wouldn't get better at at, at the overall. Probably get a bit bored if you you know if you were doing the build the helm chart script every day and you just kept building variations of that you might get to the end of the year and think i've fully had enough of this i'd want to do something different so like you say being able to say i'd, I'd really like to be doing xyz or i'd like to get involved with with this piece of work which is actually a byproduct of agile that i think we don't talk about enough you know there's so many tasks that need done in the week and you get to volunteer yourself for the specific ones the specific tasks are there and you might have weeks that are boring but when there is something that you really want to do, you can put yourself forward and say, I'd really like to be a part of that specific part of the project. I'd like to be involved in designing this new this new feature that you know somebody else might not be interested in. But having that control to be able to stand up and say, I'd like to be involved in this. And I, I think that helps as, as you go on in a project, you obviously have peaks and you have troughs. And when you get to the trough, it's nice if you can say, okay, well, I've got this fun thing coming up. I'm trying to think also of like the ongoing thing because we've said that on 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 day one, Aiden, you've been you've been promised all this autonomy and freedom and ownership. It's also good if the project or the team can kind of at least feel or be seen to be trying to kind of invest in you on a long term at least. Yeah. Is there some kind of buy-in or or, or are you being valued or or rewarded? Like say, for example, um, I don't know. Aiden, you've been here four months. Would you like to do this? Because I think this role would look really good on your know, end of year write up or on your promotion case or something. And on your I think CV. that would be a really good step for you. Yeah, yeah on your CV. Um, so rather than thinking, okay, I've, I've got great ownership over my little component and I've been pigeonholed here until I die or <laughs> retire. I think if the project, and I say the project like it's some kind of faceless machine which just ticks along, if people are seen to be kind of looking out for you and trying to invest in you, I think that kind of helps. And then, of course, the flip side, are you kind of trying to look out for and invest in the other people in your team because that helps them as well? Yeah, and one of the ways I I think that, again, I'm going to go back to Agile, um, not everything's agile, for God's sake, Aiden. <laughs> um, but there's the, a the concept within agile, and, and we've done it. We did it in waterfall methodologies as well. But there was the concept within in agile of mood balls, or being able to demonstrate how you're feeling about the project. Are you feeling good? Are you not feeling good? The mood balls works well for an online world, but face to face, it might have just been a PM or a tech lead or or someone similar to that jumping in, having a conversation with each of the people in the team and say, and then having that conversation among themselves. Okay, the, the team's feeling good about this, not feeling good about that. How can we reduce the pressure here, reduce the pressure there? And I think having that overview from a senior level being able to see where those pain points are and and it's, it's it is a skill to be able to reposition the a team so that they're all in a place where they are fully motivated again and it's a skill not everyone is good at because in that 
in that spin around it's like a cabinet reshuffle you could end up with somebody where they're you know out of their depth or, or or doing something they're not really that interested in so you might make the problem worse or just shift the shift the lack of motivation to a different person in the team <laughs> yeah we, we've kind of assumed in our little examples so far that we're coming in at kind of like a level playing field someone who's coming into a project but then what do you think about what would you do if if you're kind of put onto a project that's already in a bad way it feels like the project's losing hope or is kind of entering some kind of like death march type mood I was. I had to explain to someone the other day what a death march was because I, I think I, I used it in a Slack chat and I'm not sure they followed it. Um, oh yeah, a death march in project management is a project which is believed by participants to be destined for failure or that requires a stretch of unsustainable overwork. The project marches to its death as its members are forced by their superiors to continue the project against their better judgment. I just think what what a, what a miserable sounding Wikipedia article, but it is good. It is it is correct, and so I think sort of what would you do in that situation? So, I think the main thing to think about in that is to challenge the perception. Why is it perceived to be a project that's going to fail? Is it that there's been a lot of hubbub around? I don't know the office about the new. Oh, have you heard about the new project? Oh god, that's never that's never going to be any good. Oh, anyone who goes there is not going to have any career progression for the next 10 years they're you know they're going to be stuck supporting a system that nobody uses anymore blah 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 so i think with projects like that you either need to accommodate a desire from from the members so if it if it is ah, oh, it's all unsupported products that nobody's going to use for the, forever again okay well how do we make that sound exciting or how do we you know, is there something that we can do that we weren't planning on doing that would actually inject some of that excitement in? Is a perception that it's going to be a hard project with hard managers? Maybe it's somebody like a, a leadership team that you know is is particularly strict or demanding. Again, this is where you have a good PM or a good first line manager or, or, or someone who can say, we need to set some boundaries here and be very clear about what we can deliver when. I've always been lucky to have a buffer in a lot of projects where if if like if I've been asked to work very late into the night and I've said oh I'm not really comfortable doing that then like my PM or my manager have, have been perfectly willing to say okay well that doesn't really tie in with with our values and our culture and and if we've we've misjudged it we'll, we need we need to either get more people on or, or extend the timeline so some of this comes down to luck doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, how would I answer the question that I'd um, put to you about what would you do if someone's on a death march or something like that, or like a, a very grim project? And I think it's probably a it's probably a a show and don't tell type situation. You don't want to come in and say, oh, well, they're there, yeah, it's a bit crap, but just keep going. I think you've probably got to show by probably pushing back. I think you, I think the only way. You, rather than just fall in line and endure it i think you probably have to try and speak up (laughs) because otherwise it's not really going to help anyone you'll just burn yourself out as well along with the rest of the team yeah so so i think i think that's probably i think it's probably quite a difficult question it is a question with no kind of right answer 
and it, this goes back to what we've, we've said before though, about being able to you know i think we said it in the previous um episode where we we're talking about teamwork and and when you lose that trust if you go into a project with that trust it you've got to build that trust up at the beginning and you've got to maintain it and if you lose that trust that's when it becomes that losing hope death march it becomes uh, something unmaintainable basically it's a hard one because what if you've got what if you're already in that death march before the project's even started because of um, i don't know hearsay or or whatever how how do you combat that proactively as somebody who's trying to lead the team and i i think you do just have to be very open be honest and i think uh, conversation comes in there sitting down as a team and, and talking it through and it, it goes a bit back to what we were saying before about knowing what the goal is what the vision is and why we're having to why we're doing the thing we're doing and the benefits that's going to bring and i suppose some of it comes <laughs> to rewards doesn't it i know in the past we we've talked about <laughs> we've talked about carrot and stick and yeah how carrot and stick aren't always the only options sometimes it's like you've said just a moment ago um you need to give people the ability to make their own way and to do the things that they enjoy doing and and to capitalize on their own motivation basically but the carrot is very good (laughs) some people just like the carrots (laughs) but being rewarded is good it's it's still a feel-good factor there's a reason why you get um I don't know if you ever paid like candy crush and every you know when you finish it's like bright lights and celebrations and you know a little a little animation comes up and like oh well done you've done it woo and then you you know you see your score and you see all the people you've beat that's the carrot rewards work so i think in a project that works as well so if somebody if somebody builds something that that you've used that's good tell them even if it's just in an email that they can use in their end of year review um it's it's a manager saying oh do you know what i i come on team let's i'll i'll buy us all a I'll buy us all a, a fruit shoot after work. I'll buy us all, buy, I'll buy us all the, a beer after work, buy... given that we're all socially distanced and <laughs> remote. You know, the team events are very motivational. It, it's providing you're not all in that losing hope slump and then it, it might just be a, a very miserable um, post-work meal or drink. <laughs> uh, but I, I think they're useful. And even even moaning is, is, is a is a good therapeutic way of, of remotivating the team it's like okay let's let's just get out of our systems let's go have a quick cup of tea have a good moan and then let's just get back on it because i, I don't know I, I i feel if you let people articulate the issues they have people start to see why it is or is not an issue and and most of the time i, I think pull themselves yeah. out of that sort of spiral and, and go okay actually it's not as bad a, yeah, I think in our last podcast we discussed how um, uh, sort of building trust within a team and, and, and sort of having trust and not having trust kind of uh, in, impacts having a lot of kind of very beneficial sort of passive externalities. People will work together and they will share knowledge. You send everyone to go for a tea break and, and a moan or something. They'll still kind of work together and they'll still um, sort of solve things together. I know that I've had sort of tea breaks when I've gone and thought, crikey, I've got no idea how I'm going to work this out, and I've been able to kind of just brain dump and kind of uh, sigh onto my team, and and someone will have an idea, and someone will think of just a place to start, and that's kind of all I need. But 
I'm able to trust them and I'm able to kind of share my, I don't know what you say, share your vulnerability to say, I'm, I'm stuck on this issue, which, yeah, is causing me grief, which I, I, I can't get around. And sometimes it's quite difficult to do that when you've been sent in there and your shoulders oh here's peter he's the project expert or something like that or he's the product expert so you say you can't think oh crikey i can't even do xyz with this product what can i do that sort of thing uh no i know what you mean though because i used to do four days in the office and then i'd do a day in the other office so i'd do four days on the customer office and then a day in in our office and on that day i'd meet up with people who weren't really in my team and we'd go on a, on a walk just after lunch. And I really valued being able to talk through some of the problems, you know, with IT people, but being able to talk through some of the problems I was having with someone who was detached from the project, who was detached from even sometimes the products we're working with or the configuration and to be able to say, oh, okay, yeah, well, um, oh, we, you know, have, have you thought about this? Or, or, oh, yeah, that is a bit rubbish sometimes you just need someone to say yeah that is that is rubbish yeah <laughs> it, would, it would be nice if there was like a like a like a techie version of like i don't know the samaritans or something there was just a phone number you could ring and you could say i don't understand how this command works and it's just getting so annoying it feels as though i'm in too deep and i've got to support all this fluff which uh, is just so miles away from my day job it feels like it's another whole thing I've got to learn with like two days notice what do I do and then some guy at a call centre on the other end of the phone can go yeah that is a bit crap <laughs> I don't know I've, I've also been on projects where I, don't, I, I want to say artificial happiness like a um, not false where there's been people who have been extremely very happy about um very happy about yeah let's get the project done really yeah really excited woo and then you know the the team just you can tell the team's a bit like mm. how do you inject happiness into a team how do, how do you inject a team with like the oomph to yeah let's get this let's get this done let's, let's woo we can do this only only 16 more sprints to go <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that without being false, I suppose? Um, especially if you're a, you know, especially if you're a, you're a senior person of the team or, or a PM or a tech lead, a, a first-line manager who's like, actually, yeah, I'm feeling this, <laughs> feeling the same way. And I, th- I think some of the ways that are useful is to give people that time away. Sometimes it's necessary to just pull some responsibility off like allow people to take the 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 foot off the the pedal basically because you obviously can't size a project so that everybody's running everybody's sprinting all the time it's like you were saying earlier you can't have people hammering away for for half a year with no let up you've got to have a little bit of space for a little bit of space for breathing a little bit of space for okay i have I've got through these 10 really hard tasks and now I've got these little things that I can do and I can do my sleep and I'll very gently get those done um, and I'll recharge and I'll be ready for the next thing. Basically, I don't know is the answer. I, I don't know how to motivate a team and... Good, great podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if 
the way I have tried to motivate before is being encouraging and happy about things, trying to work through problems bit by bit. I think having a diverse team is is always good. I think that is probably good because that probably that probably gets rid of the sort of blokes being yeah who's the, who's the most miserable or my thing's the worst type mentality diverse generally because you get different perspectives and different perspectives oh i've been in worse but oh god this is this is a dream compared to where i used to work 20 years ago diverse types of people so um sometimes you get people who are very i'm going to talk to you but i'm going to talk to you about this technical thing and and don't bother me about about you yeah day-to-day life it's nice i i appreciate that you've got one um (laughs) but i don't want to hear about it at work yeah stop stop showing off we can't all have friends yeah and then the person is like oh hey uh, you know comes in at comes in at like uh eight o'clock comes in at like eight o'clock with like a a bagel and 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 a coffee just like woo let's get going guys how's all right how what did you get up to last night (laughs) i think a diversity of a team can have a real good positive impact on mm. the motivation because you can all lean on each other and you don't spiral into a specific type. Okay. Okay, good. Right. Well, now we've motivated you. Get out there, <laughs> get some work done. Yeah, stop listening to this podcast, go and, do, <laughs> go and crack on with stuff. Do you, do you want to have the final word, Aiden? If anyone's listening and, and has experienced anything that has made them very motivated at work or they've done something that they've really enjoyed or even something they've hated like the artificial um motivation uh let us know yeah we'd love to hear Mm -hmm. uh and that's it thank you very much lovely that's all for this week thank you for listening bye-bye goodbye